inside. Oh my God, it's picked off at the goal line. Three gives it to Dalvin, shakes a tackle at the six. Another at the five. He's out to the left. Touchdown! Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay oh my God! Oh my God! 30, no Welcome to the week nine episode of the Throne League podcast. We're back. We're better than ever. Probably not actually, you know, tough to be the two teams for the uh, co-hosts here, but we got Jake coming on later. We got our usual stuff going on. Johnny, how are you doing? Tough loss for you Monday night. How are you feeling? I'm doing pretty shitty, Jacob, but uh, I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling better than uh, than I was last night watching a uh, little Monday night football. Um, You know, at it was another tough week, Jacob. We sat here last week and we talked about how tough of a week that one was. And we said, you know, we were hopeful that this week some things would turn around and uh, we'd see those scores climb up. But again, this week for the second consecutive week, we saw a guy struggle to break triple digits. How are you feeling about uh, this fantasy football season as we are? I guess we're past the halfway point, but we're about halfway in the NFL season. How are you feeling, Jacob? Yeah, it's we've been riddled with injuries. There's a lot of uh, kind of questionable starts that you have to kind of put in your lineup uh, as we're veering towards playoffs here. Uh, some people are digging at the bottom of the barrel in their running back positions, especially. You know, Brian had it pretty tough. Uh, I know you've had it tough all year. Scott had to make some last-minute decisions. So, yeah, people are scrambling all over the place. Low scores coming in throughout all all over the place so it's it's pretty nervous nerve-wracking to kind of see what your team looks like going into each uh sunday but yeah you know but that's just fantasy football and you gotta find your way and you gotta adapt um that's kind of what i was looking at this week and i don't know some very interesting stuff happened this week and i don't know what are some good uh headlines from the week this week of the nfl well, Jacob, I think I think there's one major one that is probably fitting to start off with, and I know also you're probably going to have a fair amount to say. Excuse me. Um, Odell Beckham obviously has been in the headlines. He was in the headlines when we recorded last week, but little did we know how much uh, more to that story would come and how much more would develop throughout the course of the week and into this week. Um, obviously, the Browns and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, parted ways. He's now currently on waivers and can sign with the team of his choosing. That team will owe him around $7 million for the rest of the year. Jacob, what what kind of, uh, where are you at with how that situation sort of came about for the Browns? And what do you think about Odell Beckham going forward? Are there any teams you think that would be interesting for him to sign with? Yeah, there's some pretty interesting teams out there. But I, yeah, it's it's tough how it went down. But, you know, Cleveland looked good. We looked good uh, last week. We took down the Bengals. Uh, it's good to have the distraction out of the locker room, especially how bad it came out uh, going into this week. So I was pretty nervous going to the Browns game, but, you know, we came out, kicked some butt, played a good uh, solid team game. Denzel Ward looked incredible, that 99-yard touchdown or interception return. So, yeah, but, you know, I, there's been some rumors he might be looking at uh, Seattle, some other places, so... I'm going to keep him on the in the roster, but I don't know if I'm ever going to start him. Even if he's like good or anything, I think he's just going to stay on the bench. Nobody else can use him. I think that's where I'm looking at Odell right now. 
You know, Jacob, I don't I don't want to come across as rude because I am a fan of Odell Beckham Jr. as a player. I know that he's massively talented and obviously had a number of big years with the Giants and set a lot of records there for them. But I think that we have to be frank for a moment and think about the last time we have seen Odell Beckham be, you know, OBJ, right? The last time we've seen him truly excel um, on any kind of consistent basis, you know, and I'm not going to write it off as he's just a bad player now and that are the only in re- that that uh, like encompasses the only reasons for why he has struggled since he's been on the Browns. But his, you know, tenure with the team has been really unremarkable. You know, the most memorable moments of his tenure have been uh, him being disgruntled and him, you know, being unhappy with his target share and him, you know, and, and then this video from his father pointing out, you know, some of the flaws perhaps that Mayfield um, has played in Beckham's, you know, struggles over the last couple of years. You know, I just... I wish him the best and I and it's it's sucky that it had to be such a shitty situation and how it came to pass and and I hope that whatever team goes for him, you know, that all works out well for him. I just really hope it's not the Ravens, Jacob, cuz even though I may not be as high on Beckham as Beckham may be on himself currently, I definitely don't want to see him in this division or really the rest of the year. Yeah, see if we had to see him back-to-back games, that would just be brutal you know just seeing him in a different uniform especially a division rival somebody who were competing to kind of be the top of the division so yeah I would hate to see that as well um you it stinks that Odell's gone but it just never really worked out here he had some flashes and you know I think we all were expecting him to be the guy he was in New York but it just didn't happen here he couldn't stay on the field and you know I'll remember that uh, Dallas game last year where he uh, secured the win for us, and I just could see him doing that this year as well, but he just wanted out. He was done with it, and, uh, you know, shout out Baker and uh, DPJ. Uh, hell of a play. Quick touchdown there. I think what, that was second quarter, maybe third quarter, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm I, I'm not really – I don't think he's going to be that big of a contributor on a team where he goes. Uh, that's just my opinion on it. It certainly will be something to monitor, Jacob. I mean, this has been uh, certainly an NFL year to remember. It's had a lot of ups and downs and strange occurrences, and this Odell Beckham saga is just another one in a long list. Um, Another interesting headline that popped up over the past week, uh, let's head up to Green Bay and talk about Aaron Rodgers. Um, He obviously has been making headlines since earlier on this year with his you know, very outspoken uh, dissatisfaction with the Green Bay front office and the way the team's being run. And now most recently, uh, he um, tests positive for COVID-19 and it turns out that he wasn't vaccinated when a lot of people believed that he was vaccinated due to some comments he made. What do you think about this whole situation, Jacob? Yeah, uh, you know, he came out today and said that he uh, didn't mean to really kind of go imply that he was vaccinated so you know he's coming out late with that stuff but you know he's just a diva I kind of I hate Aaron Rodgers I think he's the most annoying player in the NFL and you know just grow a sack and kind of just be the quarterback for your team he just sucks that is very fair Jacob let's switch it just a little bit and see if we can get a positive out of this um 
Rodgers' absence with COVID-19 this past Sunday against the Chiefs led to uh, the debut for Jordan Love, which, weirdly enough, can be looked back to as what sparked... um, you know, the whole feud between Rodgers and the Green Bay front office when they selected Jordan Love in the first round. Rodgers, obviously, uh, and understandably, was disappointed by that choice when he felt like he could have used another playmaker um, instead of, you know, the Packers trying to draft um, the potential uh, heir to Rodgers in Green Bay. So Love did make his debut, and uh, while Green Bay did come up short, did you have a chance to watch Love play, and do you have any comments on on uh, how he looked in his debut? Oh, he looked like a pile of shit. That's what I saw out of that. I don't know. Maybe he can uh, kind of bounce back from that, uh, but I don't know if he's the future in Green Bay. I don't think they're going for four straight uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks in their uh, organization there. I will say this much. I think if there were any Green Bay fans that were perhaps um, frustrated with Rodgers and uh, what's been occurring you know, this past week or even this past year, will be uh, probably quite happy to see him return to the field because Love did indeed struggle against a Kansas City defense that hasn't played particularly well this year. Um, But, you know, he's a young kid, and I think that you have to give him time. And obviously, replacing a guy like Rodgers, you know, is not something that is easy. But uh, in terms of another headline, Jacob, this one um, is really interesting and is kind of uh, what could be a capstone in a season-long headline. Um, The taunting penalties that have become rampant in the NFL were capped last night when Chicago Bears linebacker Cassius Marsh uh, claims he was hip-checked by a referee and then hit with a taunting penalty that turned out to be quite pivotal uh, in the game. Were you able to see this play, Jacob, and do you have any comments on it? So I I didn't watch the game live, but I saw the clip on Twitter where the the ref, it, it looked pretty clear to me where the ref clearly backed up into the, into the player and through he had his hand on the flag already so you know maybe there's some inside stuff going on you know the old Steelers yeah we got to get him into the playoffs uh that kind of stuff but yeah I don't know this is pretty uh, dangerous territory we're in right now and I don't see this taunting penalty really sticking around if the uh if it does I can see a lockout uh in the future yeah, I will. I will say this much on the entire situation. I'm I'm going to um, refrain from issuing a specific opinion on the Marsh, you know, the play at hand uh, in that game. Uh, certainly anything that helps out the Steelers is something I don't want to see. But one thing I have noticed this year and I think is something that does occur every year, but seems to become a little bit more egregious these last couple of years with the roughing the passer calls and now the taunting calls. It seems to me like referees are beginning to control games, um, which is, I think, taking away from the point. I think there's a point where rules are important and rules can protect players and can protect the integrity of the game. But there's also a point where rules take over the game and end up changing outcomes in games where it really isn't necessary and to me, honestly, Jacob, it's just it's disappointing, right? These guys go out there and they practice hard every week and then to have, you know, basically the game taken out of their hands and ended up being significantly decided by referee um, interaction, I think is just disappointing and bad for the league all the way around. And I don't think anyone enjoys it, particularly Jacob. Completely agree with that. Yeah, maybe they got to like come up with like a, a game, like deciding play, like they can review it or something something that can kind of fix the situation i don't know it's going to be impossible to fix it it's they they, we got to put the 10 smartest minds in a room together and uh figure out how to fix the nfl officiating uh going forward so you know 
we got I think we have eight of the smartest minds in our fantasy league, so we just need to find two more. Uh, that is well said, Jacob. But with that being said, you know, it was a relatively quiet week for NFL headlines. Uh, unlike last week, that was um, sort of capped by some large injuries and whatnot. That will indeed, though, wrap up the headlines for I this got, week. I, Johnny, sorry to cut it. I got two more for us. Uh, okay, let's go. Uh, we got Sam Darnold's out for several weeks. That's pretty important news right there. Uh, and Carolina fans rejoice. Uh huh. Um, you know, maybe one of the arguably greatest quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, he's going to be sidelined, but you know, we got uh, PJ PJ Walker uh, popping in. So you know, very interested to see where that goes. You know, maybe McCaffrey kind of pops off a little more. And then uh, we got Russ coming back this week. It seems uh, he got the pin out. Uh, I don't know if you saw the pin. I didn't realize how big the pin was. I did not see the pin. Was it? It was. It was pretty large, Jacob. It was to make you a little squeamish to see the pin come out of his hand. Or what are we talking about here? Maybe I saw a different thing, but it looked like it was the size of his finger. I, I don't understand what the pins are. Are they just little screws in there? I'm not a doctor. Are you a doctor, Johnny? I actually am not a doctor, Jacob. But I think that uh, we will certainly be happy to see, or I at least, well, even though I'm not a fantasy owner, happy to see Wilson return. No offense to Geno Smith, but. The league, you know, it's been kind of funny recently, but with guys like Cooper Rush stepping in and uh, all these sort of no-name quarterbacks stepping in and Mike White, the legend in New York, I think seeing a guy like Russell Wilson returns uh, could provide a little bit of stability. As we've seen, this fantasy season has really been turbulent for a lot of guys, and I think that we just need some of these guys to get healthy, Jacob. Um, so that's why, even though, you know, opinions aside on Sam Darnold, it's it's never good to see a guy go down with injury like that. So I do feel bad for Darnold in that case, especially since his career has kind of been riddled with injuries and also uh, horrible quarterback play. Completely agree with that. Uh, so do you want to take this into the breakdown, or is that where we're heading with this, Johnny? Sure. Let, let's head right into the breakdown, and I actually have a good looking matchup right here for us to start off with. Let's actually, as a matter of fact, take a look at your matchup, Jacob. I, I'll, we'll start with it first because, you know, I want to get the pain out of the way for you because unfortunately this week would be another loss for you. It would be your sixth consecutive loss. I'm not going to rub it in. That's the last I'll talk about that enormous losing streak that you've been on. But you did face Jake this week. Taylor sucks versus Allen's large Gorgian. I, I think I've done that multiple weeks in a row now. I say Gorgian. I don't, excuse me. I don't know why, where that word even comes from, but Ellen's large Gordon. Also, Jacob's a dumb team name, so it's not fully my fault. But Jake would beat you by a final score of 108.7 to 103. A semi-low scoring, but actually kind of high scoring matchup in this week, uh, but a very close matchup. So um, taking a look at Jake's guys here, Lamar Jackson came off a bye. Um Played from behind a lot in that game against Minnesota at home, and Lamar was Lamar once again. He threw for 266 yards, three touchdowns, did have a couple of picks, but uh, became running back number one for the Ravens as he ran the ball 21 times for 120 yards, no touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor continues his monster season as the Colts ripped apart the Jets on Thursday Night Football, 172 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and just a couple of catches for him. Daryl Henderson on Sunday Night Football, 
would have a pretty quiet day, just 11 carries, 55 yards, a couple of catches for not a lot of yards. Chase Claypool for the Pittsburgh Steelers would have a very quiet day, just three catches, 30 yards for him. Jamison Crowder on Thursday Night Football as well, five catches, 38 yards, a very Jamison Crowder kind of night, a lot of receptions, not a lot of yards. Tyler Higby also back to that Sunday night game would have five catches, 51, not too shabby for a tight end. Chase Edmonds at the flex, uh, Colt McCoy stepped in. And Chase Edmonds had his worst game of the season, just one carry of three yards. James Conner seems to be the lead guy there. Uh, at the kicker position, Graham Gano hit three field goals uh, underneath 40 yards. He'd finish with 11 points and also have a couple of PATs. The Bengals' defense would play our own Cleveland Browns. They'd get decimated. They'd drop a negative point score, but it was enough to get by you, Jacob. So really, you know, Jonathan Taylor and Lamar Jackson are what carry Jake's offense this week to ultimate two ultra-talented players at their positions. Now, taking a look at your guys, Josh Allen had a big-time struggle. Uh, they would actually lose the game to Jacksonville in a big-time shocker, 6-9, to nine, almost sounds like a baseball game. Also, a uh, perhaps a dirty joke if your mind's in the gutter, Jacob, which I know it often is. Allen would struggle, though, in this game, 264 yards, a couple of picks, no touchdowns. He would run somewhat, but also fumble. Uh, finishing with under 10 points. Daryl Williams for KC, 19 carries, 70 yards. Not a bad showing, 10 points, considering that uh, Williams was a wave wire acquisition. Jeremy Nichols, another wave wire acquisition on Sunday night, was not much of a factor at all for Tennessee. Just seven carries for 24 yards, three catches for 11 yards. Jamar Chase, back to the Cleveland game. Only 8.9 points this week, six catches, 49 yards. Pretty quiet, couldn't find the end zone. Mike Williams, they got by Philadelphia just barely. Only two catches for 58 yards for Williams. His season continues to be boomer bust. Travis Kelsey delivers a very Travis Kelsey kind of line. Five catches, 68 yards, one touchdown. Elijah Mitchell at the flex would mostly have his day on the in through the air. Uh, receiving five catches, 43 yards, got him up to 13 points at the kicker position. Chase McLaughlin for the Browns would hit 10 points with a couple of field goals and a bunch of PATs. The Patriots defense would absolutely crush uh, Carolina, and I'm assuming injure Darnold. That was actually news to, you, to me, Jacob, when he told me that he got injured. But uh, they would score a touchdown and score three, inter not score, but have three interceptions and a sack, only allowing six points, and they would finish with 19. Ultimately, not enough, though, Jacob. What matchup do you have for Let's us? Let's jump over to your matchup. Uh, we got Joe versus Johnny here, 102.2 to Titty Milker's Milk Gods, and 100.9 for Come Hill or Highwater. This was a tough loss Monday night. Khalil Herbert, 1.3 points. Pretty much sums this one up for this matchup. Another, you know, it seems like a low-scoring uh, affair, but this is... Some of the uh, higher scoring teams, you know, in this week. So, uh, yeah, Johnny's, you know, we'll take a look at your team for it first. Uh, t tough performances from your running backs. Uh, unfortunately, uh, only 5.3 points out of the two of them. We'll just leave it at that for, for uh, that conversation because it's it's ugly to talk about that. Uh, but, you know, shining spot, Devonta Smith. He uh, kind of came out, shined 22.6 points, kind of uh, giving you a little promise for some of your wide receivers. Uh, and then uh, Manuel Sanders, 10.5. You know, you're, you're hoping he could do a little more there, but uh, Buffalo just was not running it, as you were saying. Uh, but here's the big bright spot from your team. George Kittle comes back from IR, puts up 20 points on the week, uh, even with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing him the football. So, you know, there's Kittle's the guy. He's a 
quarterbackless. Uh, he can do it with anybody there because you know he's just that all-around tight end where you know you're when you're looking for a good gain of yards, he's going to be open. Tyreek Hill had a down week, seven point three points. Again, Kansas City is not looking as good as we uh, expected them to this year. Uh, they came out with a win, thirteen to seven, but Tyreek Hill did not. Uh, get his bulk catches like he has done in the past great start with the Dolphins in the defense uh and then you know it's tough to have Kyler Murray go down he slid in Derek Carr 10.1 points it stinks uh but yeah we'll move on to uh Joe's team here you know Patrick Mahomes just really hasn't shined uh this Kansas City team as said before just aren't the same type of offenses they usually have been uh so you know only 10.2 points out of your quarterback there but he got his shining star back Nick Chubb 30.3 points he came out two touchdowns against the Cincinnati Bengals in as the Browns went into Cincinnati to stomp the Bengals uh Tony Pollard 5.3 points I know he was getting dragged for not starting Josh Jacobs but you know not too big of a difference there about seven or eight points so you know it's not the biggest uh fault from there uh as the dallas offense did not look good they get dis- they get uh mopped by denver 16 and 30 there uh justin jefferson has a solid day 17 points jerry judy he comes back 12.9 points you know they're not the best stats you're looking from your wide receivers but they're putting up numbers they're getting that double digit that can bring you to a win t higgins 13.8 uh, he had to start Zach Ertz this week. He's been riddled with injuries in his tight end position. So uh, 5.7 points there as uh, yeah, he didn't have Kyler this week. So uh, Zach Ertz really just hasn't been that shiny star as he used to be in uh, probably around 2017 is when he last peaked there, probably a little later. But yeah, 5.7 there, uh, negative two out of the defense. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb carried him to the win. Nick Chubb's incredible player, but we got to monitor his situation as he did test positive for COVID nineteen. Uh, Johnny, what other what's uh, the next matchup you got for us? Let us take a look at brother versus brother, Bryce versus Aiden, Christian Dior Dior versus some to prove. This matchup would see Bryce advance to eight and one, and Aiden drop to five and four. Bryce would win this matchup by a score of one nineteen point eight to one oh two point three. So let's take a look at how Bryce got this done and kept his winning streak going. Dak Prescott would return from injury and would be in one of the more surprising matchups of the week. We talked about Josh Allen falling to Jacksonville in that game. Well, Dallas also fell to Denver at home, and uh, Dak Prescott had a fairly average day: two hundred thirty-two yards, a couple of touchdowns, and a pick. Got him just shy of twenty points. Christian McCaffrey for Carolina had most of his points come through the air for catches for 54 yards. He got just underneath 15 points. Najee Harris on Monday Night Football would find the end zone and 62 rushing yards. Good enough for 17 points. Marquise Brown, nine catches, 116 yards. He looks to be Lamar Jackson's favorite target. Debo Samuel. Five catches for 63 yards, a little bit down for Debo Samuel, but enough to break into the double digits. Dallas Goddard for Philadelphia, three catches, 43 yards, just seven points there. Robert Woods on Sunday Night Football, seven catches, 98 yards. He gets 17 points. He would also rush the ball, interesting, as we've seen Robert Woods now rush the ball in consecutive weeks. Um, Also, Bryce did have a couple of notable guys on the bench. One of my favorite players, Darnell Money. I... Butcher the name. Darnell Mooney, as they call him, money with two O's, would have a couple of touchdowns on Monday Night Football as Chicago fell short. Something to watch going forward. That is a player that it did drop. So 
maybe we'll see if Bryce takes advantage of him. At the kicker position, Evan McPherson would have just four points as he'd make a kick and a PAT. The Bills defense would have nine points in that low scoring affair against Jacksonville. Now on the flip side, Aiden, Ryan Tannehill. It was a big game for Tennessee on Sunday Night Football, but not that big of a fantasy game for Tannehill. Just 143 yards, touchdown, and a pick. He would also rush a touchdown in the game. Elvin Kamara finds the end zone on 13 carries for 50 yards. He'd also have 54 receiving yards. Zach Moss, also back to that low-scoring affair between Buffalo and Jacksonville, would have a rather unremarkable day. Just three carries, six yards, two catches for 18. A.J. Brown, uh, a little bit quiet after he really heated up the last couple of weeks. Five catches for 42. As we talked about earlier, Tanhill didn't have a great game, so A.J. Brown did not have a particularly good one either. Cortland Sutton was very, very quiet in that upset for Denver. One catch for nine yards. Darren Waller. Back from injury, seven catches, 92 yards, 16.2 points. Very good production there from one of the top tight ends in the league. CeeDee Lamb in the flex position, just two catches for 23 as Dallas struggled mightily in that game, only four points. Matt Gay at the kicker position, 12 points for the Rams, two kicks, one over three kicks in total, one over 50. Uh, and he also would kick one PAT. The Browns defense, 18 points. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Denzel Ward on that 99-yard interception return. Aiden was the beneficiary of that in terms of fantasy, but ultimately not enough to overcome Bryce as he continues his hot streak. And that's the matchup. What other matchup do you have for us? Let's over to head over to Scott versus Caden here. Uh, Scott takes this one 113.7 to 101.1. Uh, We'll take a look over at Caden's team here, and who the hell is this James Conner guy? He comes in 40.3 points. He brings Caden out of the grave. He looks like he's having some uh, some chance of winning the week, but he falls short in the end. But James Conner, he came in and just lit up the San Francisco defense. Uh, 21 carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns, five catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. That's a hell of a stat line right there. He's one of the biggest surprises of the week. Can't believe Caden started him and reaped the benefits of that start. Uh, Daniel Jones did not look good, though, 8.1 points. Eckler did not shine this week either, 11.2. You're looking for more out of him there. Devontae Adams, again, 10.2 points. You know, Jordan Love, it's tough to get good production when your quarterback's not playing well so it's unfortunate for him there six catches for 42 yards that's uh unfortunate right there uh Jarvis did not look great either you know uh the Browns just didn't throw the ball that much in the win against Cincinnati three catches for 11 yards got him 4.1 points uh Gusecki still looks solid uh you'd hope he'd get into the end zone but 9.4 points uh it's pretty good there uh and then, you know, Allen Robinson just couldn't save the day for him, uh, giving him a Monday night miracle with only 10.8 points. Uh, besides that, uh, his defense didn't look good. His kicker, seven points uh, throughout there. Looking over at the winning side, uh, Justin Herbert uh, shined. He uh, had 31 points uh, with a rushing touchdown and two throwing touchdowns, 356 yards. He looked good against the uh, Philadelphia defense in terms of fantasy uh but you know he was riddled with injuries uh in his running back positions it was a question mark coming into the week was Saquon or James Robinson playing neither of them ended up playing he had to go with David Johnson and Salvin Ahmed which netted him 7.6 points out of the two of them so very unfortunate for him yeah he had to make some last minute decisions but he still got the win uh Stefan Diggs got 14.5 
points this week. It's it's mediocre. Stephon Diggs hasn't looked like who he usually does this year. Cooper Cups, Cooper Cup, he wins the MVP of the the league this year. Currently, that's what I'd say. He uh, gets him 20 points again. The guy's been incredible, and he's really been carrying Scott's team in uh, these tough matchups where he squeezes by. Uh, other scorings from him, uh, he got 16.3 from Jalen Waddell uh, in the flex position. Jalen Waddell, eight catches for 83 yards. It's looking good. Uh, you hope he could get in the end zone moving forward. Mark Andrews, 9.4. It's not the 40 that he got against me. I'll keep bringing that up to the the end of time but uh scott's team did what to get by uh his kicker six points defense eight points uh where he takes the win against caden's team in a, where uh he uh squeaked by uh johnny what else you got for us jacob let us take at and look at another matchup that had uh quite a bit of injuries at the running back position so some substitutes had to fill in uh jack versus brian youtube Pittman versus brian's shitty ass team uh, Jack has caught fire here in recent weeks. He would pick up his third straight win by a final score of 124.3 to 77.8, the most lopsided matchup of the week. Uh, to start with, Matthew Stafford on Sunday Night Football. Almost 300 yards, threw a touchdown, but had a couple of picks that ended up costing the Rams that game. Only 13 points there. Delvin Cook sort of got back to, uh, you know, the Delvin Cook that we all know and love. Couldn't find the end zone, but did break 100 yards rushing. Devontae Booker continues to be uh, rather fantasy relevant with the Saquon Barkley injury. He falls just one yard short of 100 yards on the day. Keenan Allen breaks double-digit catches and gets over the 100-yard mark, good enough for 22 points. Michael Pittman Jr. has another good game as he finds the end zone and 64 yards receiving. Uh, his tight end, oh boy, Jacob, I didn't realize I was going to be uh, in for uh, this kind of name pronunciation. Albert Oakwag. Bunham. That's not even close, but he had four catches for 25 yards, six and a half points uh, as Denver would win that game. At the flex position, Miles Gaskin uh, continues to be a little up and down, but pretty solid recently. 20 carries for only 34 yards, did find the end zone and did have six catches. At the kicker position, Greg Joseph would have seven points for him. The Cardinals defense would finish with 12. They had an interception, two fumble recoveries, and five sacks uh, as they would go on to win with Colt McCoy, former Browns quarterback there over San Francisco. Taking a look at Brian's team, uh, Jalen Hurts had a rather decent week, um, only threw 462 yards in a touchdown, but did rush for 62 yards. That's kind of uh, what's been the story for Jalen Hurts. He struggles to push the ball through the air, only 17 pass attempts. Um, but he makes up for it on the ground, but did not find the end zone all that much against the Chargers. Carlos Hyde uh, was filling in this week, uh, 21 carries, 67 yards. Actually, Carlos Hyde was filling in in multiple ways. He was filling in for James Robinson and also filling in for the injuries that Brian has suffered. Um, rather ineffective, didn't find the end zone, only 67 yards on the ground. Derek Gore for Kansas City. Got to be honest with you, I'm not sure who Derek Gore is, uh, and I'm surprised that he's even... Fantasy available, only three carries for 13 yards. Did have a catch, just under three points for Derek Gore. Um, assuming no relation to Frank Gore. Marvin Jones Jr., just three catches for 21 yards and that low-scoring affair between Buffalo and Jacksonville. Adam Thielen, uh, a really, really quiet day. Two catches for six yards, but did find the end zone. 
uh, a strange day there for uh, Thielen in a game where Minnesota scored 31 points themselves. Evan Ingram, three catches, 38 yards, and did find the end zone good enough for just under 13 points. Marquez Callaway, three catches, 25 yards, and did also find the end zone. So a bit of luck down the bottom of the lineup there as Brian's guys were able to find the end zone on rather modest production otherwise. At the kicker position, the always reliable Justin Tucker would net 10 points, and the Steelers' defense would grab four on a surprisingly close game on Monday Night Football between them and the Bears. That was what, uh, you know, created this huge gap here and kept Jack a rockin' and a rollin'. What matchup do you have next, Jacob? Let's jump over to our low-scoring affair this week. We have Nutter versus Steno. 88.6 to 85, Steno takes this one. He squeaks by. Uh, Unfortunate for Nutter to take the loss here, but, you know, his team did not... Uh, really performed to his liking. Uh, we'll start off with Nutter here. He gets Carson Wentz, who, you know, Thursday night starts him off well, uh, getting him 24.1 points. But uh, it, there's not really any other shining stars on his team. Uh, Zeke, 12.6, you know, it's just a mediocre stat line for him. Michael Carter, 9.6 after cut, coming off that massive 30-point game last week. DJ Moore has not looked the same like he did at the beginning of the season, 7.6 points. Maybe uh, PJ Walker was the guy there who can kind of perform and let DJ Moore shine. Uh, Deontay Johnson, 11.7. Only uh, six targets this week, five catches for 56 yards. Um Kyle Pitts uh, did not reach the end zone, got him 9.2 points. Uh, three catches on seven targets. Unfortunately, he couldn't re- uh, pull in more on those. Uh, and then Ra- Rashad Bateman, 10.2 points. So another team just did not have those stat lines that you're looking for to kind of take the the win this week. Uh, we'll go take a look over at Stino's team. He had to start Tyrod Taylor, or should we say Ty God, as his team name suggests. Uh Unfortunate uh, for him there. I believe he had to drop somebody. I forget who he had in the lineup before that. But yeah, Aaron Jones did not perform either. You know, you think he would come in with Jordan Love. Jordan Love would rely on a guy like Aaron Jones, 5.3 points. Uh, unfortunate for him there. Joe Mixon had a, had a good day, uh, 28 points. Uh, he hit the end zone twice, but uh, did not... Uh, win the game for the Bengals there. Amari Cooper didn't look too great either. 5.7 points. Uh, Brandon Cooks, 11.6, which is, you know, he's been looking pretty good this year. He's been able to get a bunch of catches to kind of boost his stats. Uh, Solid start, putting Jared Cook in the tight end, 10.8 points there. And Cole Beasley, 11.3. He got eight catches there, so that really uh, strengthened his stats there. But, you know, he had enough to get by. Uh, nine points out of his kicker, a point out of his defense. So, you know, he edges this one out by three points. Uh, it was very fortunate for him to go up against Nutter this week uh, because he would have lost to a lot of other teams in the league. So, uh, yeah, not much to say on this one. Both these teams, I would say, would be embarrassed in their team's performance. But are uh, moving on to next week as, you know, they both have solid teams, but some are just performing differently than others. Uh Johnny, uh, you got anything else for this week here, or uh, can we move on and get to uh, Jake's interview? You know, Jacob, honestly, normally I would insert some kind of hopeful or perhaps optimistic line here, but I really just would like to get this uh, week in the rearview mirror, and I think the perfect way to do that is to bring on Jake 
and uh, get to talking to him. Yeah, there's nothing really to be optimistic about, uh, especially with two hosts here. Uh, but yeah, let's bring Jake on. He's had a good team. He's currently uh, second in the standings, uh, and he's got a solid squad put together. Uh, so I'm very excited to talk to him. You know, welcome on a very special guest. He's a uh, first-year player in this Throne League fantasy football league. Uh, Jake, it's we're glad to have you on the pod. How you doing? You your team's looking strong. How you feeling? I'm good, man. You know the team. I'm really happy about it for the first year with you guys. Uh, other than COVID, I'm I'm doing great. Yeah. No. Uh, as you said, yeah, it's your first year in the league. Uh, are you enjoying how we approach our fantasy league? Is it different to kind of how you uh, have dealt with other different fantasy uh, managers? Um, it's it's basically, you know, the norm. I, I was in a dynasty league for a couple of years and just didn't, didn't like how that played out because of just many reasons. But uh, this, is a, this is a good league so far. Yeah, we've, you know, we've had some different type of uh, guys kind of jump to the forefront in our uh, kind of who's the best in the league. You know, Bryce has always had his had some struggles in the league. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's interesting, you know, seeing how you and uh, Joe were some of the best teams in the league. Joe's fallen off, but you've stayed true. Uh, but, you know, going into the year, a lot of people were kind of bashing your draft, but you made some moves. Uh, you traded uh, DeAndre Hopkins away. Are you very glad that you did that? Oh, I couldn't have been more happy. I, I mean, I agree. A lot of people were giving me some shade for it, um, but I needed the depth. I, I knew I couldn't have Chase Edmonds as my second RB, so I needed to get some depth on the team. And so far, it's been looking like the good move so far. I mean, D-Hop's been on, he's on his third team now in the league so far, so been a good move for me, I think. Yeah, he's been one of the more disappointing players this year. But Johnny, if you want to jump in here, uh, go right ahead. Absolutely. First off, Jake, I just want to say it's a pleasure to have you on. I think the natural place to start uh, has got to be with the team name. Obviously, it was no secret that early on in the season you were looking to move Jonathan Taylor. He didn't really get off to you know a very memorable start for being a first-round pick, but he has been kind of the story of fantasy these last few weeks. He's found the end zone, I don't know, some five, six, almost seven weeks in a row, and he's been dominating. You know, um, It's been hard for guys to find running backs, especially healthy ones, but not only that, you have a real special one there with Jonathan Taylor. Are you a true believer in Taylor now, or is there would you still be willing to move him at this point? Oh, yeah, I'm 100% a true believer. I think I just overreacted at the beginning of the year. Um, and looking back now, it, the two games that he really didn't do much were against some pretty decent defenses. So I think I was just overreacting to that. But I, I do think that now Derrick Henry's gone. I got the number one running back in the league. So I think I'm happy I, with that. I think I would have to agree with you there. Uh, another player on your team that I absolutely love from a talent standpoint is Terry McLaurin. Um, you know, for the last couple of years, that Washington football team has been a bit of a mess in terms of quarterback play and just overall offense. How strong do you feel in McLaurin week to week? We we know he's a massive talented player, but how much do you think he gets dragged down by that offense? And does that hurt your confidence in starting in week to week? You know, it's, it's been rough some weeks for sure. Um, Cause he gets the targets. It's just more of the, the quarterback situation over there with Heineke. Um, he just can't throw the ball. It seems like, but 
I mean, he's getting the targets, so his volume's there if the quarterback can be accurate. But I, I like his boom potential because when he hits, he hits, and it's a weak winner potentially. So You know, speaking of draft time, you did draw some partial criticism when you selected Rob Gronkowski at tight end, but then you quickly kind of silenced people as Gronkowski got off to a big-time start uh, the first couple weeks of the year, but then obviously got injured and uh, came back last week and got injured once again. How do you feel about Gronkowski going forward? Are you still confident that he can kind of get back to those to that good play he showed early on or are you thinking that Higby might be more of your guy I'm hoping Gronk can get back for at least you know the playoff run and get back to the the beginning of the year form but uh it's looking like I'm gonna have to rely on Higby for some time I don't think Gronk is gonna end up playing this week but uh we shall see hopefully he can get back to the beginning of the year form though you know your team has been doing good things pretty much all year long but you know, you could say that it's been somewhat overshadowed because obviously Bryce's team has been has been very dominant through the first nine weeks of the season. Do you at all feel like your team is being uh, sort of overshadowed? Do you think that it's not getting the full respect that it deserves based on how well you played this year? I, you know, I do think so. I think Bryce's team, you know, well reserved or well deserved that he's in the top. But uh, you know, for the past few weeks, I haven't received any uh, best team in the league votes. So, and it's just been really Bryce and Scott dominating that. But uh, I guess we'll see this week with mine and Scott's matchup, uh, how things go. I think it's going to be one of those weeks where it's going to be uh, a decider almost of who gets like a, a first round bye in the playoffs. Yes, I'm with you there. It certainly will be a matchup to watch. Jacob, I'll turn it back over to you. Yeah, I'll jump back to last week here. You know, you take down me. <laughs> It's very disappointing, you know. My team would have beat a lot of other teams in the league. But, yeah, we were going into Monday night. You had Chase Claypool still in the lineup. Were you very confident that he was going to take secure the win for you going into that? I was, you know, pretty confident that he would at least get two points. Um, He's been kind of hit or miss this year, more of a miss than a hit. But, uh, you know, if if any week – I thought I was going to lose it would be this week, you know, having Mike Evans and Terry on buys. So it was a scary week for me, I will say that. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Yeah, having Chase Edmonds go down, was that a big concern for you as well when we were approaching the later uh, slate of the of the day? <laughs> yeah, you know, it uh, it definitely made me a little nervous. And, uh, and the fact that the Bengals' defense got a negative two. But, um, you know, thank God for Lamar Jackson and Jonathan Taylor, I guess. It kind of just carried me through the week. Yeah, that uh, overtime for Lamar there, I don't know if that even <laughs> mattered for it. But, yeah, seeing him go there, get those at 30 points. Yeah, getting 64 points out of two of your guys there really just shut me down. Uh, and Josh Allen being a stinker, so I'm pissed about this. But, um, <laughs> you know, you're a good opponent. I'm glad I fought till the end there. But, yeah, I was pretty – I wasn't confident – Chase Claypool is uh, going to win it for you, but I still had that thought in the back of my head that I could have squeezed one out there. Um, he did get hurt, so it could have been close. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, your team has been solid all year long, as Johnny and we've been saying there, uh, and you're getting some guys back. Uh, looking at who, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, uh, <laughs> uh, Mike Evans, that's all I got. <laughs> Just Mike Evans. Here, I'll, t- I'll take yeah, over for you, Jacob. I'll, I'll bail you out. Um, you know, as we get toward the playoffs here, Jake, obviously 
all these, this is when injuries and depth on your team comes up. And earlier on, you mentioned that you went out and got Daryl Henderson because you wanted to get a little extra depth and you weren't necessarily super happy with, with where your running back group was at. Um, are there any spots in your team depth wise that you're a little bit worried about going forward? Um, you know, now that some guys are getting hurt, like Edmonds and Claypool and Gronk, um, I definitely feel like I need to maybe get or find a uh, better flex. I mean, tight ends also a little bit of a concern because I don't know what really with Gronk and Tyler Higby, really just a boomer bust kind of guy. So uh, I feel like that's kind of my stuff, kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, if you kind of look at it, my team mostly has been kind of a boomer bust type besides a few key players here and there. So Besides like Lamar and Taylor, it's kind of been a boomer bust type week for me most weeks, but uh, more hits than not, I would say. Uh, just on a slightly unrelated note, um, you know, Jack obviously got off to a very, very tough start uh, to begin the year, dropping his six first matchups, but he's caught a bit of a hot streak recently and uh, could all of a sudden creep into this playoff picture. Are there any teams out there right now that you're worried about uh as we get closer to these playoffs um you know i was worried about austin's team with the potential of him getting uh michael thomas back but now he's out for the year so we'll see there i mean he is getting his running backs back now so maybe austin's team's going to be a sleeper at the end of the year but uh i think it's going to be kind of just a uh i think where the standings are at right now are about right if i if i had to guess i think it uh you know, the top five teams are kind of where they should be. And I think that'll be uh top five or six ish teams. Yeah. are kind of where they should be. And that's might be our, just our playoff picture right there. Yeah, it's certainly, it's, it's going to be interesting over these next couple of weeks. Certainly you and Bryce up at the top are feeling really good about where you're at, but there is a lot of room to be moved uh, in the middle of the standings. You know, there's a lot of guys who have struggled these last couple of weeks with injuries and whatnot. So it certainly will be uh interesting to monitor that situation going forward and i do wish you well jake as we get closer to these playoffs and uh i just want to thank you for coming on do you have anything else for me jacob no i do not have anything else i think you hit the 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 ball right on the mark there uh not the saying but that's fair yeah yeah i think it is a saying but uh yeah no it was a great having you on jake uh we appreciate you taking the time as always and uh we look forward to uh seeing what you can do uh moving forward into the site new this year no appreciate it guys thanks for having me on all right all right we appreciate jake taking the time to uh sit down and uh listen to our uh terrible questions but you know i think it's time you know it's getting a little toasty uh you know the fire's kind of on right now i think it's time for some hot takes johnny uh i know you've prepped with one here uh what do you got for us you know jacob i had a i have a couple of hot takes you know in the tank um but the one I think I have to at least start off with, and, you know, perhaps it's a little misguided. It's it's certainly biased, but we have to talk about Derek Carr. Um, this guy got off to a wicked, wicked hot start to the year. He was, you know, thrown for 435 yards in week one, 382 in week two, 386 in week three. He was the leading passer. He was setting records. Um, and then, you know, shit started hitting the fan. They dropped a couple of games, 196 yards, 206 yards. And then this last week, Jacob, I, you know, let's, let's ignore the fact that, uh, I subbed him in for the injured Kyler Murray and really needed him to have a decent fantasy day, but let's just talk about Derek Carr for the sake of 
um, what he's doing for that Raiders team because he absolutely shit the bed this last week. Uh, a couple of interceptions and a game-losing fumble at the tail end of uh, regulation there against a really not all that good New York Giants team. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, they gave Derek Carr that huge uh, $100 million contract. And I got to be honest with you, Jacob, I think Derek Carr is absolutely fucking awful. Uh, 13 touchdowns on the year, seven interceptions also on the year, just a 53.7 QBR. I think he's fucking atrocious. I know this isn't the hottest take because he's not necessarily being bandied about as one of the top quarterbacks, but considering how how hot of a start he had to the season and how large of a contract he's playing on, I think it's a fucking joke. I think that Derek Carr has played so bad these last few weeks that he probably shouldn't even be on an NFL team right now, Jacob. Perhaps that's my bias, but that's how I'm feeling. Yeah, you know, Derek Carr is really not the prettiest quarterback out there. You know, the Raiders have really had their struggles this this year. So, you know, I don't know if you could put all the blame onto him, but uh, there's a lot of distractions going on there. So, you know, I think he's a serviceable quarterback, but yeah, he's definitely not looking at like a top 10 quarterback uh, in that kind of range where, you know, somebody getting that money is uh, supposed to be. Yeah, I hear you, Jacob. It's just, you know, let's actually, on on the sake of talking about bad quarterback play, let's heat up the hot take a little bit and talk about a uh, quarterback who is more often referred to as a top 10 quarterback and perhaps even uh, in a more selective crew like the top five, the top three. Let's talk about your own guy, Josh Allen. He looked absolutely horrible this past week against a Jacksonville team that, that really struggled to find a win there that really struggled to find their first win this year, but they picked up an absolutely huge win over Allen's Bills. Uh, I got to be honest with you, Jacob. I think Allen might be the most overrated quarterback in the league currently. He has not been awful this year. 17 touchdowns on five picks and a 57.4 QBR are certainly nothing to gawk at, but I think consistently time and time again has showed us that Josh Allen is not a consistent guy. Uh, He had a great year last year, but let us not forget his first two years in the league were simply not good at all, especially for a first round caliber pick. And I think this year we're starting to see those bad performances um, ink through more consistently than they did last year. And I truly think that this is a guy who doesn't really complete all that many passes. And when uh, the going gets tough, I think this guy turns over the ball and can't make the truly big plays. Uh, You know, you want to go back and look at that Monday night game against Tennessee uh, where it came down to a QB sneak at the end of the game and he simply could not gain the yardage. So probably my hottest take this week, Jacob. I think Josh Allen is severely overrated. You could put him in the overrated category. I don't know if you could say severely. You know, yeah, people are talking about how he's you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, he did have an MVP-like season last year, but, you know, pretty much all of them kind of fall down and do not put up the same numbers that they do in the next year. So, you know, looking at it from in those two kind of uh, putting those two together, yeah, you're going to say he's completely overrated. But, you know, he's still a good quarterback. He could sling the ball around. But, yeah, I, the decision-making uh, and, like, kind of, performing in the clutch situations i think that's really uh where i'm getting at with uh the overrated kind of conversation there i'm not saying severely that that will not come out of my mouth but yeah he's lost me some weeks this this week so fuck him i just he is just the the absolute model of inconsistency like even just looking at something small jacob 
the Bills had a couple of big, big time wins against really bad teams. In week two, they beat the Dolphins 35 zip. And in week four, they beat the Texans 40 to zip. Now, obviously, those are huge games by the defense and huge games by the offense. But what's a little alarming to me is that Allen's stat lines in those games are is absolutely shocking for what the final score was. I mean, we're talking about a guy against Miami who threw for, who threw for 179 yards on just about 50% completion and did throw an interception in that game. And also against um, the Texans, we're talking about a guy who threw an interception again, did complete a little bit more of his passes, but only 250 yards. I just, I know that the score was there, so he's not going to be throwing the ball a ton, but I just think that that inconsistency is truly a part of his game. And until he can flatten that out, I think that he does not belong anywhere near the upper echelon of quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, I'll join in on this quarterback kind of talk here. Uh, I got something here. So at least uh, kind of second year quarterbacks, um, that's Burrow, Herbert, uh, and uh, Hertz. I, is there other? It was. I think that's the second year kind of guys there. Um, I can only see one of them kind of being a starting quarterback three years down the line. Is that is that a hot take right there? Wait, list the quarterbacks for me one more time. Herbert, Burrow, Hertz. You can only see one yeah. of them. I see at least two of them, Jacob. Burrow, he Burrow throws a lot of interceptions. Uh, Herbert, I think That's Herbert's the, severely overrated. Wait, Jalen Hurts is the only guy you see? No, no, uh, Jalen Hurts was already thrown out the window. Oh. Oh, okay, so which one? between you just said both Herbert and Bur- Burrow. Throw yeah, a lot I don't of have an answer right there. So I was okay. kind of looking for you. Just one of them, uh, but yeah, I could see just only one of, one of them starting in three years. I see. I see. Both of them, Jacob. I think they're both really talented guys. The things with the thing with young quarterbacks is that they're going to make mistakes, and Burrow has made a lot of mistakes um, this year. But honestly, what makes him a little bit different than both Hertz and Herbert is that this is basically uh, his first year. You know what I mean? Because with the injury he suffered last year, pretty early on in the season, I just don't think it's necessarily fair to. You know, with the amount of experience he's had, like I would be more willing to write off Herbert based on the amount of time he's played than I would Burrow, just on the sake of time played alone. But me personally watching Burrow play, the mistakes are there, yes, but that raw natural talent he has is ridiculous. And I think Herbert is really similar. So, you know, and even honestly, let's not entirely write off Hurts, Jacob. What 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 are you talking about over there? You don't see either of these guys between at least Herbert or Burrow being locks? I don't, I don't. Well, now you kind of talked me into Burrow being the the guy who's the lock. So I think, yeah, I think my hot take is now Herbert is not going to be a starting quarterback in three years. That's really hot, Jacob, because I mean, at least from my perspective, Herbert has played better football this year than Burrow. I mean, it's I like both of these guys a lot. I think they're great young quarterbacks. They're both big kids. They like to throw the ball a lot. They have big arms. I like how all I needed to do to shift you on a burrow was talk about that he has this freakish uh, raw talent, which is kind of like there's really nothing to back that up tangible, but I like how it just sounds good. So you're like, yeah, okay, I can get with that. But he has thrown 11 interceptions, Jacob, which is tied for dead last uh, in interceptions. So certainly something to monitor as burrow progresses. Um, this early on in his career yeah but you see this a lot with i don't know is this a trend kind of like with these early kind of quarterbacks in these past couple of years luck and uh lux out of the out of the league uh rg3 uh winston Mariota 
Goff Wentz, those, those kind of situations right there. Is this kind of a trend? Well, 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 hold up a minute, Jacob. I, I like some of where you were going there. I like the way you started, but I didn't like the way you finished. You said that in three years, these guys won't be starting, but then you listed guys like Goff and Wentz, both of who are currently starting. Jameis Winston, who was starting until he suffered an injury. Marcus Mariota, as a matter of fact, is not starting, and Andrew Luck did, in fact, leave the league early due to injury. I don't think that that's necessarily any kind of correlation, though, and if I had to be perfectly honest, I think when we're talking about Burrow and Herbert, we're talking about two guys who are more talented than any of those quarterbacks uh, aforementioned. So I get where you're coming from, but no. Frankly, if I was to sit here and be very blunt, I think that Joe Burrow will probably be the best quarterback in the league, perhaps in even just three years. So I certainly would see him as a lock. And I think Herbert um, has the potential to be right up there with him. I just like Burrow. If I had to pick one right now, Jacob, if you held the gun to my head and said pick, I would be picking Burrow. Uh, probably out of almost any quarterback in the league right now to lead a young franchise. All right, I'll compare it to kind of how the uh, Allen Jackson Mayfield kind of situation folds out. That's where that's where I'll compare it to uh, when they're coming into their contract negotiations, because uh, one guy's going to be a little separate from the group, and people are going to want to say that. So I'm uh, excited to kind of get into those three years down the line or two years down the line, whenever they have their uh, extensions come up. For sure. Well, Jacob, do you have any other spicy hot takes or should we get on to previewing week? I think we should just jump right into these previews. If you want to kick it off for us, I'd, uh, I'd love for you to do that. I have to be honest with you, Jacob, before I get right into the segment, I have not done the poll yet. So I'm going to be filling out this poll well, then, uh, after after I... Do you yeah, want to go, go first, first or do you want me to fill it out as and I... You okay, fill it you out. No, no. Actually, I want you to fill it out while you do it and see if you could you could pull it off all right, let's do. That's funny because actually the first matchup on here is the matchup that I'm going to preview. We're going to talk about your matchup first, Jacob Allen's large Gordon. I'm going to keep calling it Gorgon. Why don't you just change it to that? Make you it easier just for leave me. Allen's large Gordon. <laughs> uh, Jacob, you versus Titty Milkers, Milk Gods, Joe. A uh, matchup of two fairly mediocre teams. The current projected matchup score is 108 to 98.5, so certainly nothing to um, get really crazy about here. But let's not be all negative because there are a couple of superstars. And number one, it's at the quarterback positions. Two guys who, you know, let's be honest, Josh Allen certainly had the better year compared to Mahomes, but both guys feel like, to me at least, in some regard, have underperformed given their massive level of star power. Um, so that's definitely going to be something to watch. I would have to probably, you know, we just talked about Jacob. We talked about how Allen is, in my opinion, overrated, but he plays New York Jets this week and Mahomes plays the Raiders. And of those two matchups, I would have to give Allen the edge. Although granted, based on how this last week was, I certainly would have thought Allen, I think we even talked about in our preview for last week, that Allen should have had a huge day against a Jacksonville Jaguars team that's been, you know, really beat up by almost everybody in the league. Um, at this point in time. So it just goes to show you that the NFL truly is um, an any given Sunday kind of league. Um, but that being said, there's a couple of other interesting things to look at in the matchup. Obviously, Joe currently has Nick Chubb slid, slotted in his lineup. That's not going to probably be uh, able to happen. You know, it feels bad for Joe because he just got Chubb back and it looks like he probably will miss this week if I had to guess. Um, and I don't currently have his bench pulled up here, Jacob. So I'm not sure who he's going to slot in. Uh, at the time, but you know, 
guys like Justin Jefferson form have been playing better and Jerry Judy comes off injury. You know, it's just a little bit of a hodgepodge team for Joe, but there could be something there. On the flip side, your running back position's been pretty much decimated and you currently have Darrell Williams and Jeremy McNichols slated in. I am a big proponent for McNichols, but Jamar Chase will hit the bye for you and that's going to be, you know, something that you'll have to fill in for, especially when, you know, Mike Williams has frankly struggled the last couple of weeks and he's not a guy like Chase who you can kind of rely on um, each week to go out and give you, you know, a consistent floor. So with that being said, I think that we're we're looking at a matchup here where it's projected to be a low to, a low total, and I think that's pretty fair because there's just a lot of guys here. You know, you look at a couple. There's there's a couple of studs, right? Allen and Mahomes, and you know Travis Kelsey for you, and you know Justin Jefferson has a pretty sturdy floor for him. Tyler Lockett's been really up and down this year. But with that being said, Jacob, it's honestly kind of a hard matchup for me to pick. So looking at what the guys think to see if they can give me any bit of help, they are going to give you a pretty sizable edge. Uh, I'm not sure if that mostly came out because of the Chubb injury or not, but 70% are going to go ahead with you. And they believe, Jacob, that you will get off that six-game losing streak. What matchup do you have for us? Let's bring it over to uh, Scott versus Jake here. We have two of the stronger teams in the league. This is going to be a competitive matchup here, kind of working out some playoff seeding here. Uh, we'll take a look over at Scott's team first. He's got Herbert going against Minnesota, uh, where you know Her- Herbert's been pretty solid this year. I just bashed him, but excited to see what he could do against Minnesota. Uh, James Robinson looking like he's slotted in the lineup. Hopefully, he could come back this week. He's got the Colts uh, looking for him to kind of perform, get him back on track, and have his running backs perform uh, how he's used to having them. Uh, Salvin Ahmed still slot in. Uh, Saquon's on bye, so we'll see uh, if Scott goes and looks for a different uh, running back in that situation on the waivers. Uh, Stephon Diggs got the Jets, which is a pretty hopeful situation for Scott there. Hopefully Stephon Diggs can hit the end zone, get him some good points there. Cooper Cups, Cooper Cup, we're going to move on from him. Fuck him. Uh, we got Mark Andrews playing Thursday night against the shitty Dolphins, so uh, he can look to have a strong performance there. And he's got Waddle going uh, Thursday night, so he's got some pretty uh, key players going Thursday. Uh, it's going to be interesting how uh, his players on Thursday can kind of perform on a good Thursday night football uh, kind of matchup there where, uh, you know, the Ravens could kind of take a edge in a Thursday night matchup against one of the worst teams in the league. Uh but we'll go ahead and uh, look over at Jake's team. Oh, he's got a guy on Thursday as well. He's got Lamar. He's he's been one of his shining stars this year. We'll see if he can put up some solid numbers against the team that the Dolphins just don't look good this year. Uh, Jonathan Taylor against Jacksonville. He's like uh Jonathan Taylor's looked good. He's uh, had a slow start, but he's come came out and performed really well. Daryl Henderson was a great trade acquisition by him. He's looked very solid in the Rams' backfield. He's got San Francisco this week. Uh, Mike Evans has been boomer bust pretty much this year. If he could hit the end zone, he's looking good, uh, as well as Gronk. So we'll be looking at those two guys if they can kind of steal each other's touchdowns. But, you know, whenever they're in the red zone, Jake's got a good chance of getting a touchdown out of those two guys. Uh, and then McLaurin, one of the great trade acquisitions that he got. Uh, so we'll look to see if he could kind of perform. But yeah, Jake's got a, a lot of people weighing on this Washington versus Tampa Bay game. Uh, I bet he'll have his eyes eyes glued to that matchup there. He's got Jamar Chase in the uh, flex right now. He's going up against Detroit. So I uh, could kind of see... Uh, 
good amount of catches there that week. He'll have to find a different kicker and defense this week, but we could take a look at how the boys are viewing this matchup here. Uh, this one's looking to be uh, a very big split here for two of the top teams in the league. Jake's got an 80% chance of winning this one. That's how the guys are looking at it. Uh, so we'll see how this kind of performs, but we got a lot of guys going Thursday, so that's going to be a very important matchup for them. I bet they'll both be on the edge of their seats Thursday, come Thursday. Johnny, what else you got for us? Jacob, let us take a look at a matchup between two guys who have been on a bit of a hot streak recently. Bryce versus Jack, Christian Dior Dior versus YouTube Pittman. Jack has like a phoenix emerged from uh, the dust and all of a sudden is becoming a little bit relevant as he's picked up three straight wins, but he has a big time matchup this week against Bryce, who is perhaps, you know, the most solid all around team and has been playing that way for most of the year. Uh, Bryce currently projected to win that matchup 134.6 to 125.8. And as a matter of fact, Bryce actually doesn't even have a kicker in as Evan McPherson will go on by this week. So perhaps that projected total should even be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a gap there between those two teams. So obviously, this is a bit of a powerhouse matchup here, which is surprising because a couple of weeks ago, you wouldn't have thought Jack would be involved in one of these. But I think that we have to lock in the X factor for Jack this week. has got to be team namesake Michael Pittman Jr., the seventh best wide receiver in all of fantasy, averaging 16.3 points a game. The Colts will host Jacksonville at home, and they will certainly look to score a whole lot more points than what Buffalo did this past week. Jack will also hope to see uh, Matthew Stafford get Back on the right track this week. It will be a fairly tough matchup, though, as they travel to San Francisco. On the flip side, Bryce will like to see a little more productivity out of Dak Prescott. That seems fairly achievable as Dallas will host Atlanta at home, and it'll be Prescott's second game back from injury, so he should be able to get into a bit more of a flow. Uh, Christian McCaffrey will go for Carolina. They, as you mentioned earlier, won't have Sam Darnold, so it'll be interesting to see how that affects his productivity in that game. But also, you got to consider Cordell Patterson at the flex for Bryce in a league where guys are struggling to find running backs. Bryce has his own little surplus and Patterson at the flex position is very dynamic. We're talking about a running back who catches as many passes as he does running the ball. So I think that it should be a pretty interesting matchup. I do believe that the projected totals should be fairly accurate. I do think this could be a pretty high scoring game based on the talent. Both these guys are rocking and surprisingly enough, the boys are split down the middle 50, 50 between Bryce and Jack. They just can't make up their minds. Will Jack be able to, if Jack takes down Bryce, that'll be huge. Jacob, what matchup do you have next? We'll jump over to your matchup here. We got uh Elnerd versus come hill or high water. Uh, we'll take a look at Stino's team first here. He's bringing Tom Brady back from by, which is always a great, to get your starting quarterback back into the lineup uh, going into Washington. Hopefully he can come in and kind of perform for Steno there. Aaron Jones and Naheem Hines are slotted in for him right now. Naheem Hines had his pretty solid uh, game last week, so hopefully he could repeat that showing. And Aaron Jones was down last week, and it's, it's hard to see Aaron Jones have some shitty performances week to week. So, you know, maybe he's looking to kind of jump back, get into the end zone a couple times like he's known to do. Uh, some tough starts for him in the wide receivers currently. Maybe he'll be looking uh, to find some different ones there. But he's got Cole Beasley against the Jets and Christian Kirk against Carolina. So, you know, hopefully these guys can get their bulk catches or find the end zone. That's what Steno's going to be looking for out of those two guys there. 
in the tight end position, he's got Hunter Henry currently, who's against Cleveland. I do not like that start right there. Uh, but, you know, Hunter Henry, uh, you know, hasn't looked like he was when, you know, everybody was big on Hunter Henry when he was on the Chargers. He had those great couple years, but he was just not on the field. So maybe he could kind of come in uh, against Cleveland and put up some numbers. But Mari Cooper's in the flex. He's got Atlanta this week's. Uh, Amari Cooper just you know he's not he's not a, he's a shell of himself that he was uh, when he was putting up all those big numbers back uh, in the in the day but yeah he's got uh, Carlson as his kicker and Tampa Bay for the defense there so he, his team's looking pretty solid uh, he's got a couple by uh, a lot of buys for him on with his running backs, but you know, Kareem Hunt may be playing, so he might have a different option there uh, going forward. So we'll monitor that going through the week, but we'll take a look over at your team here, Johnny. Hopefully Kyler could come play this week. Uh, we'll see if he can uh, make it onto the field. Uh, you got Devontae Freeman slotted in right now because, uh, yeah, your running back situation has been brutal. Devontae Freeman looked pretty good last week. Uh, currently, no second running back. Uh, we'll see if you hit the waivers for that or if you just don't even decide to start a running back this week. We'll see if that's better than starting somebody off the bench. Uh, then you got Devontae Smith and Antonio Brown. Hopefully, Antonio Brown can play. Devontae Smith looked really good last week, and you got Tyreek Hill. So, you know, your, your wide receivers are still looking good. And to top it all off, you got Kittle. He had a great week last week. He's coming Monday night. We'll see if he could perform there as well. Uh, looking at your kicker, you got Matt Prater and the Dolphins. So uh, maybe you'll be looking to find a different defense there, but uh, you are have some decisions to make going forward. But it's going to be interesting to see if those injuries come into a factor uh, come Sunday. Looking at how the guys are looking at it, we got a 50-50 split again here. Johnny, you are tied for Steno here. It's looked like he's been a good team this year, but he's been down a couple weeks in the these past couple weeks. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Hopefully you can get some guys rallied around into your corner to kind of put up some points to take down a, a guy in a playoff position that you are fighting for still. So that's kind of that's how the guys are looking at. What next matchup do you have for us? Jacob, let us take a look at Nutter versus Aiden, Dookie Butter versus Some to Prove. Aiden is projected to take this matchup by a final score of 132.7 to 128.8, as the lineups are currently stated. Uh, obviously, probably the highest priority for Aiden is, is Russell Wilson going to play this week? And also, how is he going to look? Because it's not necessarily the easiest matchup, as the Seahawks will head to Lambeau Field to face Green Bay. Um, I know Roger's status is also up in the air, so actually that quarterback matchup in that game could be drastically different, depending on how these injuries and COVID designations shake out throughout the week. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is always nice, and he has bumped up Dearness Johnson into the RB2 slot with the Nick Chubb news and also Demetri Felton missing time. Dearness obviously looked very good last time he filled in. Uh, AJ Brown, it'll be interesting to see him play at home. Tennessee looked good last week, but Brown was a little bit quiet. Um, and just seeing a guy like Darren Waller be healthy at the tight end position surely gives uh, Aiden a good edge. Um, and then on the flip side, Nutter, 
We've talked about him a lot and the running back eccentric build, and he is running three running backs as it's currently lined up. Michael Carter for New York came down to earth a little bit after he had his huge 30-point week with the emergence of Mike White at quarterback. This week, they'll face Buffalo. We'll see whether or not Nutter feels comfortable leaving him in at the flex. Kyle Pitts has had a very up-and-down kind of season. They'll head to Dallas this week. DJ Moore without Sam Darnold. That'll be an interesting situation to mention. I know, Jacob, you mentioned P.J. Walker a couple of times. That's definitely something that Nutter will keep his eye on as, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Darnold may miss some significant amount of time. Moore's production has been down the last couple of weeks, so we'll see if a little change to the quarterback position can shake things up for him. He also currently has Carson Wentz in at quarterback. We know that Rodgers... Actually, okay, I'm sorry. I should have highlighted that at the beginning. Nutter does indeed have Aaron Rodgers, so that matchup that I referenced, Green Bay and Seattle, could probably be the turning point in this matchup, depending on which, if either of those guys are able to play or if they're both able to play, could make a big difference. Currently, Carson Wentz is slated to play. Uh, the Colts will host Jacksonville this week, which is a favorable matchup for Wentz. Now, getting on to what the guys think of what is projected to be a pretty tight matchup. They will side just slightly with Nutter here, 60% to 40%. And that is the matchup, Jacob. What else do you have for us? Let's jump over to Caden versus Brian here. Uh, looking into Brian's team, uh, we got Hertz going again here against Denver. We'll see if he could perform. Denver took down Dallas last week. We'll see if they can stomp another uh, NFC beast team there. Uh, he's bringing back Leonard Fournette, so his running back room does not look like uh, I don't have a good analogy for that, but you know he's got an actual solid player right there. Uh, he still got Derek Gore into the lineup uh, against the Raiders on Sunday night. That'll be an interesting matchup there. And then, but you know, DK Metcalf and Adam Thielen for his wide receivers there. Uh, hopefully, DK can have a good game with Russ coming back. And then Thielen, you know, he's a boomer bust wide receiver. If he can, if he can hit the end zone, he's looking good for Brian's team. Uh, he's got Noah Fant into the lineup, so looks like he's coming back from uh, being out last week with, I believe, COVID. So uh, it's good to see you have a solid tight end back into the lineup. And then he's got Marvin Jones in the flex right now. It's always been tough for him to find a good flex. So maybe you can hit the waiver wire or if he wants to decide to start Callaway or if uh, Clyde can come back this week. He'll be looking at that pretty closely. Uh, but we'll take a look over at Caden's team. Uh, his quarterback's on by Daniel Jones has to buy this week so he's going to be shopping for a new quarterback this week i want to see where he approaches that maybe pj walker hey pretty interesting right there uh eckler's got minnesota this week uh and james connor maybe james connor uh it's going to be hard for him to repeat his performance but he's got carolina this week uh and i'll see I really want to see if james connor can kind of show what he would used to do in pittsburgh uh now on the Cardinals. Uh, he's getting both Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Hopefully Hopkins can go this week because uh, when both those guys are starting for his team, it, you know, they've been down this year. They haven't had their... Uh, they were some of the best court, uh, wide receivers last year. So, you know, he's looking for some solid performances out of them uh, this week. Mike Gusecki, Thursday night against Baltimore. I've talked all about Thursday night today, but Gasecki has looked looked pretty good, so maybe he could find some uh, the the end zone to get him some good points there. And uh, Chris Carson in his flex against the Packers there as well. So uh, we'll take a look over at how the boys are viewing this one. 
It's looking like it's a 90 to 10 split here. Uh, Caden takes this one uh, in a large margin here. So, yeah, the boys are liking Caden here because uh, Brian's been riddled with injuries. Not having Derrick Henry really hurts his chances of winning games. But that's all I got there, Johnny. Uh, if you got it, unless you got anything else, I think it's a perfect time to look at who uh, the guys are thinking who's out of the gauntlet. I am actually exactly with you, Jacob. I do indeed think it's the perfect time to see who's going to be heading out of the gauntlet and who has the best team in the league. All right. Looking at the guys, how the guys are looking at it, we got three teams left. We're getting to the end of this here. We've got a 40-30-30 split here. The highest voted person, Scott, there, and the Bryson Caden are both uh, split at 30%. You know, this is really just shot in the dark. We're looking at these teams. Can they survive, get to the final week of the gauntlet, and then that's where you're playing for money. This is very, I'd be pretty nervous being these three guys here, but, you know, it takes a lot to get this deep into the gauntlet. So, Johnny, what do you think about these three teams here, and uh, you have opinion on who's getting out this week? Well, you know, Jacob, you're right. We're really getting down to uh, the elite group now. The gauntlet is coming to a close. After this week, we will have... Just one more week left. I got to be honest with you. I can't necessarily say uh, who I truly believe is going to head out this week. But I do believe, despite Scott being the most voted, I do think he's going to stay in the gauntlet. I think he's really, he's overcome some adversity, Jacob. Like, I don't want to, you know, just go out on a limb here. But with what's happened to his running back position the last couple of weeks, the fact that he's not only still relevant, but still winning games, I think that that is a... Uh, you know, I think Scott, if, you know, obviously it's late on here, but if I could catch some good odds on Scott to win the gauntlet, I think that's the bet I would be placing. What about you, Jacob? I could see Scott going out here. You know, he doesn't have uh, Saquon, his team name here, and he's going against two solid teams. Uh, but yeah, it, one person could have a, a bad game for your team and you're out of the gauntlet if the other guys are putting up big numbers. So yeah, it, it's really just a coin flip at this point. Uh, a three-sided coin, uh, if you could say that. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I I'm gonna, I'm very interested to see who can actually win this uh, gauntlet here as we are getting to the end of it. But Johnny, why don't you uh, introduce the uh, best team uh, here for us, if you don't mind? Absolutely, Jacob. I don't mind at all. The league, once again, is uh, in favor of Bryce. 50% of the league does indeed believe that Bryce has the best team. Uh, also catching votes here. It's a little bit hard to read on the phone, Jacob, so you have to bear with me. It looks like you got a vote here. Is that, that correct? That is correct. Uh, somebody voted me. I'm a little annoyed with that. And uh, Jake also got a couple of votes and uh, Scott got a couple of votes. So two of the guys left in the gauntlet got votes. Caden would be the outlier who did not receive a vote. So perhaps whoever voted for you, maybe that vote should have been casted elsewhere. But guys, once again, are very strongly in favor of Bryce being the best team. But Jake certainly getting his share of votes and Scott also getting his share of votes. Any opinions there, Jacob? Yeah, not really. You know, uh, I don't know why I got a vote. You know, I'm one in eight or whatever. Uh, Bryce, yeah, he's been the undoubted most solid team this year. But, you know, Scott and Jake are right there with him. They've had some very solid performances this this year, and they are uh, some forces to be reckoned with. So, yeah, uh, we got some solid teams up at the top there that have really been putting some beatdowns on the rest of the league. Very well said, Jacob. Well, with that, 
being said, uh, what do you say? Is it time to get to these power rankings? Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for them. <laughs> well, Jacob, I will uh, temp your excitement here because to start us off at number 12, it will be you once again. You will hold up the number 12 spot as you drop uh, your sixth consecutive game. I I won't bury you too much here, Jacob, and go on and on, but you will be number 12 this week. Who's at number Coming 11? Coming in at number 11, we are holding hands here. Johnny, you're at number 11. We stay put these two weeks. Uh, we just have been not the best teams in the league this year. I'll just have to say that. Uh, I know that's a hot take there, but who comes in at 10? At number 10, Brian will slide a couple more spots. Uh, he began this slide after the Derrick Henry injury last week. He will continue that slide again. His running back position has just been decimated. Um, he's still at a 3-6 and six record, so the season isn't over, but it's hard to see a really bright future with all the injuries he has suffered there. So he will be number 10 this week. Who's the number Coming nine? Coming in at number 9, he brought back Nick Chubb. He gets another win under his belt. Joe jumps up one spot. He's at number nine. Who's at number eight? At number eight, it will be Nutter. Nutter will drop down one spot. You know, for a guy who has consistently scored a lot of points, he has just had a hard time moving up the board, Jacob, and staying up the board. He will slide once again with just a three and six record. Who's at number seven? Coming in at number seven. He drops one spot from last week. Uh, it's Caden. He had a tough loss, uh, but he drops a spot there. But, you know, he's still got a solid team. I wouldn't really uh, worry too much there, Caden. Who's number six? At number six, probably the story of the power rankings these last couple weeks. Jack will move up three more spots to number six. It wasn't all that long ago that he was down at the bottom, number 12. So that does give us a little bit of hope, Jacob. But Jack currently finds himself at number six as he's gotten a lot of momentum going in these last couple of weeks. Who's at number five? Coming in at number five, down one spot from last week, we have Aiden. Aiden's looked pretty solid, but he takes the loss to Bryce this week and drops a spot. Who's at number four? At number four, it will be Stino. Stino's going to bump up a spot as he picked up a win this week. Uh, you know, Stino's been, he's been very solid. He's right around that average line, and now he finds himself in a relatively weak league just outside the cusp of those upper echelon teams. Jacob, why don't you tell me the first of those? Who's at number Coming three? Coming in at number three, we have Scotty Cut. He stays put at number three. Uh, who's number two, Johnny? At number two, Jacob, we won't see any movement either. Jake will stay at number two again, yet another solid week. He advances to seven and two, but he can't seem to shake this guy at number one, Jacob. So why don't you tell me Coming who in is. at number one, it's nobody, it's no surprises there. It's Bryce. He's looked the best. He stays put at the top spot, and it's going to be very interesting seeing if he can maintain that spot throughout the entire year. You know, Jacob, uh, that does indeed include... Uh, conclude rather the power rankings um, you know uh, to sort of summarize things up for this uh, week nine breakdown I think you know even though we're at the bottom of the power rankings right now Jacob I, we have to be somewhat hopeful with uh, the upward movement by someone like Jack it, it's certainly not out of our reach the you know all hope is not lost Jacob how are you feeling yeah hope is not completely lost but I've taken some cup tough losses this year my team's just not look great so you know, it's tough, but yeah, I've kind of dropped all expectations of playoffs now, and now I'm fighting to not eat those wings, and I'm confident that I will not be the one eating the wings this year. Well, Jacob, that is indeed a noble fight, and I wish you well in that fight. Uh, this week will bring us yet 
one more week closer to uh, the playoff time when things really start to heat up. And I wish you well, buddy. It was uh, fun doing this episode with you. It was a fun episode here, and I'm excited to see what uh, this week's in store for us. Uh, But that's all I've got. We appreciate you guys listening, and uh, have a good lucky week this week here. See you later, boys.